You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Football podcast brought to you by Vaping.com. I am the most humble of all the humble hosts out there, Pete Rogers, joined as always by the one and only Just Clark Barnes and the man who has so much class you, you couldn't even put it into terms that we would understand, Mr. Class Jordan Smith. Uh, guys, happy Dark Knight 10th anniversary. You know, this should be a natural national holiday. How are yeah. we? I uh, I work almost exclusively with nerds. I'm surprised that this is the first that I'm hearing of this today. Oh, that's unacceptable by the nerd group that you surround yourself with. The fact that they don't know this, that arguably the greatest superhero movie of all time came out 10 years ago today. Uh, that, that should have been celebrated. Big year for superhero movies with The Dark Knight and the first Iron Man. I still remember seeing that in theaters. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that too in theaters. As old people like myself like to call it, uh, the year everything started going south. South? Oh, you're just, you just mean that in a good way, Clark, because you're in the south. So when down in the south, south, they use it like, you know, everything going down south means like, oh, everything's getting really good. I feel like I have outsmarted myself, <laughs> which, is, which is not hard. Which I don't is, think. <laughs> uh, um, to add to Jordan and my classiness today, we... Uh, <laughs> after last week's podcast where we talked about how we already already knew uh, multiple different uh, Clark drinking personalities, uh, both Jordan and I took it upon ourselves this week to introduce you guys to other personas of us. Uh, Jordan, would you like to introduce your persona tonight? Yeah, my persona tonight is Tequila Jordan, uh, which as we were talking off pod sounds like a really bad frat boy nickname. Um, but I am less sexually frustrated, so there we go. <laughs> and apparently a lot less loose with the lips there. Uh, and I am a Bullet Bourbon Pete, Bullet Rye Pete, which uh, which we just shortened down to Bullet Pete, which is an excellent cowboy name. Uh, far superior to my cousin, Stinky Pete, who is the villain in Toy Story 2. One of the least favorite Pete's. One of the least favorite Pete's. Uh, uh, if we're power ranking Pete's, Stinky Pete is pretty close to the bottom in terms of in terms of overall Pete's. Uh, but anyway, so listeners of the podcast, enjoy that. Um, and I, Clark, who are we? Who are we blessed with today? Uh, just a good old hams. Just right, a good old hams. <laughs> God bless that hams. Uh, excellent. Well, we have. Just news, really, to talk about today. Clark has a his own segment, which will which he will be leading at the end of this podcast, and I won't even give anything away about it um, because it's just going to be glorious. It's our it's our bid to get Amazon to sponsor us. Um, but we'll wait. We'll let that we'll let that uh, kind of sit until then. Um, but we just really have some kind of big bulletin news, and we just you know figured that these news are important enough to discuss at length. So without further ado, let's just. You know, mosey ourselves, drink our way right into the news. I like whiskey Pete. This is good. Whiskey Pete <laughs> gets shit done. Um, <clears throat> biggest news on the docket today, well, of the week. Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers did not come to terms with a long-term contract, which for anyone who listened to our uh, podcast a couple while ago, let me just quickly bring up the old registrar and see what we did. Uh, it was when we talked about minicamp holdouts that will make it work. Um, there you go, Clark. That's for you. Uh, I know you missed my Tim Gunn, Tim, Tim Gunn impression. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we talked. He's, he's back. He means business this time. <laughs> Tim Gunn impression part two. Uh, 
But we talked about Le'Veon Bell and whether or not they'd actually get a deal done. It was very unlikely. And so ultimately it has played out as such. So they he'll be playing under the franchise franchise tag yet again. Um, not surprising. But what this does mean is it seems like it might actually be the end of Bell in Pittsburgh. Uh, his agent has since reported on this, according to him. Uh, his intentions was to retire as a Steeler, but now there is no deal. And the practical reality is that it's very likely uh, this will be Le'Veon Bell's last season as a Steeler. So, Jordan, let's start with you. First off, just your expert thoughts and opinions on this. And then, uh, which team is most likely to shell out the type of money that Bell is looking for next offseason? Yeah, so this has been just an off-season storyline for like the past two seasons now. And Le'Veon Bell, of course, he wants to get paid as a playmaker, not necessarily a running I think back. The exact term was offensive threat, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, something crazy like that. Which, I mean, he has a, a valid argument, but there's a lot to be said of other running backs in the league who can put up similar to equal production. Um, in terms of just yards and catches and touchdowns. Um, but it doesn't look like it's working out. I'm all for players just collecting as much cash as possible, but the market just wasn't there for Le'Veon Bell to get a deal done with. Um, with the Steelers, it didn't help that they didn't have a rookie quarterback at any point in time during his tenure with the Steelers, so they didn't have a whole lot of... Um, cap space just to play around with like if you're the um rams or the seahawks of old uh my team that i picked for um levion bell's a potential landing spot clark barnes hold on to your butt it's the houston texans because <laughs> isn't oh. levion bell just a way better lamar miller um oh. Houston Texans still have Deshaun Watson on a rookie contract and they'll have 60 million in cap space next season. So maybe they can convince him that a change of scenery will just be better and he won't ask for just the outstanding money that he was in Pittsburgh. I just want to, I just feel like Clark's reaction to this perfectly epitomizes him as a fan. It's not like, yes, that sounds amazing. It's like Clark's like immediately like, I know this is going to go wrong somehow. And it's just, it's just going to be off. If I get excited about this now, it's going to be worse later when it doesn't work out. I mean, the RPOs that they can run with Deshaun Watson and already having Will Fuller, Deshaun, or sorry, not Deshaun, um, DeAndre oh, Hopkins. I'm already skipping over my words. Um, I think that would be just a really fun offense. I know you don't want to overpay for a running back, but in this case, that might be a solid move when you're not paying your quarterback like $26 million a year yet. Clark, tell me why that's not going to work out. Give me the, the depressed Texans fans view on this. So it's not that it's not going to work out. I would be excited if it happens. It's that I am a firm believer that you just don't pay running backs that much, even when it's even when it's the best running back in the league. Uh, the Texans' offensive line is terrible, and I, I think even Le'Veon Bell would have a hard time running behind that line. But uh, the team that I pegged him for was the Dolphins because they make such bad offseason signings. And so when Jordan said the Texans, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Oh, no. Oh, no. Damn it. This is too logical. <laughs> I had that I had that as my joke one. I was like the Dolphins love to win the offseason by handing out crazy contracts. So you could totally see it. You and you tweeted this out Clark um and we retweeted it from uh RB1 podcast's Twitter handle which you should all follow because we tweet out funny things occasionally. Um they are, would be like the number one person, number one team on my list to hand Le'Veon Bell exactly all the money that he's looking for because they've done it with Ndamukong Sue. Uh, they did it with – who have they done it with recently? The tight end from Denver that Peyton Manning. Oh, yeah, Julius Thomas. There you go. Yep, they did that to him. Uh, Danny I mean, Amendola for some reason. Hell, they gave Frank Gore money. I mean, hey, come on. Frank Gore's good. Easy. Frank, sure. Sure, Frank Gore. Frank Gore's body can fall forward, and since he's five eleven, you know you've gained a yard. Good, Frank good. Gore and Tom Brady in a race against time, and Frank <laughs> Gore is doing a really good job. <laughs> really surprising. Frank Gore at least can outrun time. Tom Brady is just kind of like struggling through molasses, trying to get ahead of time right now. Uh, 
my team pick, and this is this is Jordan's team that he somehow has taken upon himself to to push always into the conversation on this podcast. The New York Jets. Um, every AFC East team is trying to take down the Patriots. The Jets have the most cap space heading into next year. I think it's like eighty five mil. Uh, but the biggest thing is is we've seen this trend recently in the NFL of teams with a sophomore quarterback going hard stocking up that offense and getting kind of all the talent that's available and shelling out big time cash for it. Obviously the Rams are doing it right now. The bears did it this off season as well. And so I could easily see the jets being in a situation where Sam Darnold puts together a pretty good rookie year. And they're like, Le'Veon Bell's hitting that open market. Let's hand this guy, you know, 16, 17 million a year for three years. And let's see what we can do in the AFC East because Peter Rogers, Bullet Pete, having a little, going to go out on a limb here and make a comment. Uh, Tom Brady's retiring at the end of this year. So that's going to happen. And the Jets are going to go full hog to take over the AFC East now that the uh, New England Patriots will become rudderless without Brady. See, with two AFC East teams in our like predictions here, I think a good question to ask yourself is, are you scared if Le'Veon Bell comes into your division? I don't think I would be scared. Like, I'm, I'm not worried about it because he wasn't no. a game changer. Like, maybe an Odell Beckham or a Gronkowski is. He's always, he's always injured when the Steelers play the Patriots. So, I, I mean, I'm not worried. But he's, I, a, I, he's, he's, a, he's an offensive weapon. He wants to be paid like it. I think that's a really interesting question. And even though I think I think he's the best back in the league, but no, I'm not. He's not someone that you see on the schedule and you're like, oh, crap. Uh, and you mentioned a couple of really good names. Like Antonio Brown, I think, is like that. Yeah. Like when Antonio comes to town, like, you know, crap, he might put up 200 yards on us. But with Le'Veon Bell, if if all the offensive production comes from the running back, the other team probably won. Is there any running back who currently will instill that fear in you when you look at the schedule? Is it just is it purely just a positional thing in that it's hard? You know, you're like, yeah, if. Le'Veon or Zeke or anyone gets like 140 yards on the ground, like that's great for them. But does that necessarily mean that they dominated over the opposing team? This may be because I'm corrupted geographically, but I think I'm afraid of Zeke and the Cowboys offensive line. See, and so I think that's, that's the, I think that's the other thing is, is that I think the running back position is so tied to what's around them. Um, and so like, Yes, the Cowboys are in a very unique situation where they have arguably the best offensive line in football and have had it for the last five years, and it's literally the only thing that they can like hang their hats on. Um, but I think that that, and I think that is something that when you pair it with a very talented back like Zeke, that becomes terrifying, and that becomes something. I mean, he, what was it? It was it was two two or three years ago where he where the Cowboys played uh, Pittsburgh. And Zeke basically won that game for the Cowboys because uh, he just kept tearing up the Pittsburgh's def- uh, defense. Yeah, it wasn't three years ago because this is his third year. This is true. Uh, it was two years ago. Suspended six games last year, uh, and this is one of the values that I have this year. I'm a little higher on Zeke than other people, meaning I have him like third instead of fifth in my ranks. Uh, second, oh, second in is- points per game. Clark, uh, Clark, just reminding the world as we do every podcast during the off season, we are a fantasy football podcast, and we do occasionally give fantasy football advice. We promise it'll be coming back in full stream once the season actually is about to start. See, with um, I being a Green Bay Packer fan, there was a game during Zeke's rookie year when I mean Packers defense isn't anything to be super proud of the last couple of years, but he was just ripping off like seven yards a carry and there, he, just running downhill basically. There was no way to stop him. But the last like couple of times, and especially in the playoffs, the Packers just kind of figured something out where they're just like, "All right, we're gonna try to hang." 42 points on us on you right so try to keep up with us when you're grinding out you know 10 minute drives running on the ground Ezekiel Elliott and and the Cowboys offensive line would be absolutely terrifying in Jacksonville right because Jacksonville has a defense where they can hold you to 10 13 points and if Zeke gets you you know two touchdowns 150 yards that's game that's you know the defense can shut you down, whereas the Cowboys have never had a defense where they can like really lock you down. And so if you score forty two points, 
you know, you're now forcing Dak to take on some responsibility, which has proven to be, uh, you know, a little spotty at times. I've only been wrong once in the past <laughs> 20 years about this, but I just can't take the Jaguars seriously. And now it's it's 100% just because of Blake Portals. Oh, Clark, don't worry. We're going to we're gonna touch on the Jaguars in the news. We're going to uh, touch on this for 19 weeks. We're going to have a whole – it's going to be exciting. I'm okay. so excited for this new segment that I just oh. randomly threw into the news. Uh, excellent. So there you go. There's Le'Veon Bell's future. We've already predicted it for him. Since it's a slow news day, I want to get in one last thing here. Uh, so as soon as the deadline passed and uh, some very willing reporter uh, tweeted out there, oh, Love Bell turned down, you know, five years, 70 million. So it's really on him. Like he, he was right. unreasonable. Good. I'm glad you're bringing this up. As time has passed, and this is literally like two days old, so more information will be out tomorrow. It turned out that through some clever use of language that five mil or five years, 70 million with 30 guaranteed was actually like less than he was going to get this year playing on the franchise tag guaranteed and a revolving guarantee, which uh, I'm not an English major, but I think if you qualify guaranteed, it means it's not guaranteed. Uh, there was a tweet. I think it was when Schefter or whomever tweeted out basically his numbers. I think Tory Smith quote tweeted it and was like, give us guaranteed numbers. Like, I just think that's where contracts are boiling down to. No one cares about like, Le'Veon Bell turned down 15 million a year. It's like, yeah, that's great. Like no one cares about those numbers. What was it guaranteed? Because that is what players are now putting an extra emphasis on. And we'll touch on that when we get to, uh, you know, someone signed a big time extension, which still flabbergasts me that they picked this player to sign instead of that player. That is called a tease. I um, like what you're cooking. Thank you. Thank you, Clark. It smells delicious. Um, so yeah, I think I I would not be surprised if we see even this season, what gets reported is not the I mean, I'm sure the big number will get reported, but an extra emphasis is going to start getting put on what's actually guaranteed. Um and Rightfully so. That's the money that the player will see no matter what. And players are now starting, now that we have fully guaranteed contracts, players are going to start fighting for that as well. They should. They should. We're going to segue this into perfectly the player who has epitomized making money throughout his career better than anyone else. We have two big retirements to talk about. Uh, Starting with the one that happened today, Darrell Rivas finally called it a career. Um, and in the in the vein of making as much money as you possibly can, he leaves the league as the highest earning cornerback in NFL history. He earned twenty two million dollars uh, more than any other cornerback throughout his career. And Schefter got real sassy on Twitter. And when Revis announced his retirement, he tweeted out Darrell Revis's career stats colon and then a, tr- a picture of just Sport Tracks uh, earnings from from each year. So, and that's someone who. Darrell Rivas, I played one year with the Patriots, won us a Super Bowl. Big, I have a very weird love-hate relationship with Darrell Rivas because he was, you know, terrifying in in New Jersey with the with the Jets before he came to the Patriots. Well, before they traded him to the Buccaneers, and then he came to the Patriots, and then once he went back to the Jets, no one cared about him. Um, he's one for one with good teams. He's one for one. He's one for one with a good team winning a Super Bowl, and he was on a mission from the word go to make as much money as he possibly could, and good for him. Good for him. He did. He made a shit ton of money as well he should. He capitalized on his talent. He made as much money as he possibly could, even if it meant bouncing around from team to team. And hell, he won himself a Super Bowl. He will go down as probably the greatest press corner ever to play football, at least up until this point. I mean, maybe Jalen Ramsey can take that title from him. He invented the idea of, of a shutdown corner on an island, that whole scenario where you can move your safeties over to the other side of the field and just not worry about half the field. Good for him. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I was really, um, I guess, disdainful last season when he latched onto the Chiefs and how just disinterested he was in tackling and <laughs> wanting to be involved in a physical play. But um, then you guys brought up in the Slack how much money he's made over the last three years. I had stated that he uh, retired three years too late, but he was just cutting checks like a pro like he was just getting so much money year in and year out um from teams just kind of hoping he would catch a little bit more of that new york jets magic um didn't get quite to that high of you know revis island mania but 
hey, if, if he got paid to play, then I, I was like, hey, he should have just kept on playing for another couple of years. See what it's worth. Yeah, I really like uh, – you made a great point, Pete. We've seen corners come and play for two or three years and get this moniker of total shutdown corners like Patrick Peterson. And, and I don't know if that's because people just gave up and stopped right. throwing his way. Uh, because because people really do not throw the ball to Patrick Peterson's side. And so it's hard to tell if he's really that good, but I'm relatively, I don't know, I'll let the listeners decide. I'm 36, so Darrell Rivas was the best corner that I ever got to see play as an adult. It was just hands down, people didn't mess with him, and then he went to the Patriots where they got super clever with how they schemed him, and it was just absolutely unstoppable. And the only guy that I've seen get really close to that is Ramsey. Uh, so honoring uh, Daryl Rivas' career, I think, is great. He was just absolutely great. And I think hopefully people will look back at how he got his money by saying, I'm not going to take that shitty four-year deal. I'm yeah. going to go year to year. Yeah. We'll I mean, Kirk Cousins was has been doing this for the last three years. He's just been franchise tagging and, and betting it on, on himself. And, I mean, that's what ultimately forced – Revis out of New uh, New York for the first time is that he didn't, you know, the Jets, he wanted more money than the Jets were willing to pay them, pay him. And so they traded him to the Buccaneers. And then he kind of floundered in Tampa Bay for a little bit playing zone, which was just the dumbest freaking thing on earth. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, Darrell Revis is not a cover two corner. Coaches um, who don't adjust to their players. Like, is that's so dumb. Oh, that's my God. God, you just what that exactly. It's literally your job as a coach to craft a scheme around the players you have, not to just be like, oh, we're gonna play Tampa two and uh we're gonna put Darrell Revis as our oh wait, why is Darrell Revis not doing a really good job playing that soft corner? They keep putting their bad receiver over on that side <laughs> and throwing to the good guy. What are we supposed Damn to do? Damn it! How do we fix this? Um yeah, I lost my train of thought. Damn it, Bullet Pete. At his best, he was right up there with Deion Sanders. And that's saying a hell of a lot with yeah. considering how oh, yeah. much the NFL just chucks the ball down the field. There was, I mean, and and Clark, I mean, said, obviously alluded to the fact that he grew up with Darrell. And, and as a Patriots fan, having to see him twice a year in, in New York when he was in green uh, during kind of when he was ascending to greatness, there were times, I mean, he would, there was a long stretch of times where he would cover Randy granted there was that one time where Randy just toasted him deep Darrell fake that he had a hamstring pull and Randy caught a touchdown on him single-handedly but not to pick and choose my highlights um but there were, I mean he was wide like renowned for running the route for the running for the wide receiver I mean you would see it time and again the wide receiver to go would to plant to like you know do his curl or or whatever to break it off into a post and Darrell would do it before the receiver even like you know got out of their break and ultimately end up with a dis- interception or deflection. He was he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book, um, and he also was someone who played the game and got paid a shit ton of money. He played the whole business aspect of it. He you know and was a mercenary, got paid and bounced around until he you know good for him. He does he did what he did he did it right. Agreed, Hall of Famer, Hall of Fame. When you average twelve mil a year over 12 years and your yeah. first three contracts are, you know, five mil, five mil, six mil, man. Good for you. Anyway, good, yeah, for you. That's it. That's good player. Uh, the second retirement in the news, DeMarco Murray uh, retired earlier this week, which just further goes to show the rapid change of a running back's career that we have talked about plenty of times. And a lot of people have linked to why Le'Veon Bell won't get that long-term giant contract. Um, Cause just a couple years ago, he was the offensive player of the year in Dallas. Another credit to the Dallas's uh, offensive line. Um, and now he's retired. Uh, so not exactly the Hall of Fame talent that Darrell Revis is, but still a very good player. Yeah, I don't think we can really compare DeMarco Murray to Le'Veon Bell just because DeMarco Murray got a chance to run behind that really good offensive line in Dallas. And then, of course, just never really recaptured the magic, whether that was with Philadelphia or with the Titans. Um, I don't know if Le'Veon Bell has that great of an offensive line. I don't really think they're that awesome. They're okay but they're not awesome like the Cowboys. So th- there's a little bit of a difference there, but at the same time, that's 
I mean, 30 feels a little bit early, but for a running back, I guess you just kind of got to remember that that's kind of how things are starting to project project now. And which is goes to further say, like anyone who bad mouths Le'Veon Bell for being like, why do you want so much money? This is exactly why he wants to get paid in his window appropriately because he's what turning 27. He'll be turning turning 27 this year, I believe. You know, he's got three years left if you're running on DeMarco Murray's uh, kind of timeline, which most running backs are. So get yeah, paid. I thought of I thought of three teams for Le'Veon Bell to go to. So like coming up with a few teams out of the 32 for DeMarco Murray is going to be a lot slimmer than that. Yeah. yeah. He gave us a couple of good surprise seasons and I think he made some good money and he retired early. I am always surprised that guys don't retire after half of a season in the NFL. So never, <laughs> never hold that against anyone. It did better than we all would have done DeMarco. <sighs> um, so there you go. There's your retirements in the NFL. Uh, I alluded to this earlier. The Rams continue to hand out extensions. They just handed out a big time extension yet again, uh, but to someone not named Aaron Donald, which has me very confuzzled, but Shaboy Brandon cooks just got paid five years, 81 mil with 50.5 million total guarantees. Clark, um, I'll start with you. Are you starting to get worried that the Rams know something that we don't know, that the end of the world is just around the corner, and that's why they're handing out all of these huge deals that will inevitably sink their cap in just under three years? No. I, so this is the first I've heard of the $50 million guaranteed. So my understanding is Cooks was slated to earn about 8 and a half this year on his option. So I was expecting us to see like, oh, six years, $80 million with um, <clears throat> uh, $18 million guaranteed. <laughs> Through the Ten. first two years. Um, so uh, that's really surprising. Um, what's most interesting to me in this is, are we going to see Aaron Donald actually hold out? That's what's yeah. most interesting to is me. Is Aaron Donald ever going to get paid? He's so good. I, I don't He's, get it. And so, like, honestly, like, I, I mean, I can't put myself into the head of, a, of an NFL player, but I will right now uh, with that disclaimer. If I were Aaron Donald, like I would be pissed. Like the Rams beef up their defense. They sign, you know, give a bunch of money to Indomitian Sue for yes, a one-year contract, but still a bunch of money. They just signed, they, you know, put traded for Brandon Cooks, gave him a big time contract. Who did they just they gave someone else a big time contract too? You got to leave. Yeah, they got to leave. They traded for Marcus Peters. You know, like they've made a lot of moves. Right. But they handed out a big time contract to someone else too, but I forget who. Anyways called good this is good podcasting right here um but yeah i would just i mean i guess if i was aaron donald i'd be like what else am i supposed to show you guys in order to get paid right now and it seems and and it can't in my mind i guess at least it can't be the rams being like well maybe we can replace aaron donald because spoiler alert you can't replace aaron donald there's only one human in the nfl on the defensive side of the ball that you could probably replace aaron donald with and he has been injured the last two seasons and has had back surgery. Um, and so JJ Watt is, you know, let's hold out and see how he's going to play. But I, I, it's flabbergasting to me that the Rams are so willingly handing out money when they haven't signed Aaron Donald. They've got Jared Cook coming, uh, Jared Goff coming on the contract, and they also have got uh, Todd Gurley coming for a contract. Like, um, I'm curious to see what happens to the Rams very soon. Yeah. Um, Aaron Donald to me is a top three player just in general in the NFL. Um, so it's still kind of baffling to me that he's not getting his salary uh, up just yet. I guess uh, Brandon Cook's contract starts next year. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's a little curious to me too, because sometimes what the, the Packers do is they, uh, they did this with Devonte Adams. They signed him to a new contract where they were able to fit like partial amount of that salary under the 2018 cap. So they didn't have to, um, right. His cap hit, it just isn't as large as it would have been. Um, but they weren't able to get a Marcus Joyner contract done. And Dominican Sue is going to be up next season, but that's also the season when, um, Todd Gurley and, um, oh, who else is it? Well, the Marcus Joyner again, cause they've got him on a, on a franchise tag. Yeah, Todd Gurley and Marcus's Peters contracts are mm. still going to be on the books next season, and they're still going to be super expensive. Oh, boy. 
Andrew Whitworth is going to be 37 this year. Like he's in a very important piece to keeping uh, Jared Goff clean and for giving um, Todd Gurley a place to run. Uh, I really just want Aaron Donald to get paid a lot of money. That's mostly guaranteed. I'm just worried that this super exciting Rams team is just going to like, is it about to go down in flames? I, I feel like this is, if you're young and if you're listening to this podcast and you're just making your way in the world, like this is how you screw yourself with credit card debt. Be very careful. Like things you feel like all I need right. is that next thing. And then I'm going to get the job and the wife and the house and all of those things. And then you turn around and you're working for $14 an hour and you have $67,000 in debt and you wonder what happened. Like, let's not forget that the same guy putting this team together is the guy that, uh, put all of those great Jeff Fisher teams together, guys. So very concerned uh, about all of these guys that have contracts coming up. Like what I like about what the Texans did a few years ago with JJ Watt and what I think the 49ers did such a great job with Jimmy Garoppolo is they signed both of those guys in years where they had plenty of cap and they front loaded the hell totally. out of those contracts. So now the Texans have, you know, someone who at the time got a really good long-term deal, you know, kind of best player in football kind of deal. And now they're getting J.J. Watt at what's kind of a discounted like $18, $19 million a year. Jimmy Garoppolo this year is making something like $38 million. That's absurd. So, <laughs> so it works because the Niners have so much cap room. So it's like, hey, we're going to go ahead and get him paid now so that we can – have him later and the Rams are doing the opposite of this and this is how the Cowboys don't have any money all the time because they did this four five six different times and you run out of money eventually so if they don't do it this year I don't I it's not looking good for them and knowing that again easy for me to uh, make moves with other people's money if I'm Aaron Donald I'm not playing no yeah why would you so not at least six so I can get the year but yeah, I'm so not I playing wonder, for $500,000 a game I when Dominican Sue is getting nearly a million. No way. No. I wonder if, and it's crazy to see this, I wonder if the Rams, Sean McVay, Les Snead, the homeboys in the building, I wonder if they see Gurley as replaceable. I mean, most people see running back talent as Gurley, not only replaceable. Gurley is replaceable. He's right. fine, he's, but he's he, not great. And so, and so, I wonder if that's partially playing into this, where it's like we all see Todd Gurley's name like coming up as someone who needs to get paid, and we're all like, "Oh my God, how are you going to pay Todd Gurley?" And maybe the Rams are just like, "We're not. We'll let him hit free agency. We'll draft someone. We'll bring someone in, and you know." But Brandon Cooks is someone who X, Y, and Z, whatever fits McVay's system so perfectly that we need to give him that kind of money. I will say, from a fantasy perspective because we are a fantasy football podcast. Brandon Cooks is going to clearly be playing a role in the Rams offense more than just the deep threat that Sammy Watkins played. Like Sammy Watkins was the kind of like stretch the field, distract, open up space in the middle. Clearly they have bigger plans for Brandon Cooks than just that, because you're not going to pay $80 million to someone to just run down the field and distract the safety. According to over the cap, and, and this is a good thing that the salary cap in the NFL has been going up by like $10 million a year for the past couple of years. Um, by 2020, they'll have $151 million in cap space. So that kind of tells you just how many contracts they need to figure out and get sorted out. Um, Do you guys want to hear who is under contract, like starting with the highest cap hits by 2020? Hit me. Mark Barron. Awesome. Robert Woods. Awesome. Nickel Roby Coleman. Oh, my God. Johnny Hecker, their punter, that's right, top four in cap hit. Um, Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup. Um, I didn't even list um, Brandon Cooks. He's not listed on here just yet. But, I mean, that just goes to show how much, like, cap space gymnastics they're going to have to do if they want to keep, you know, a a relatively good core under contract because Jared Goff is going to need a new deal by 2020. Todd Gurley uh, are – they ever going to pay Aaron Donald? Who the hell knows? Know. It's just a lot of decisions <laughs> to be made. Over the cap's awesome. I didn't know that Sam Shields is still in the league. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he learned hey, some things. He signed on with the with the Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. Good for uh, him. Hey, 
Final message on Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, we just spent probably 15 minutes earlier in this podcast praising Darrell Revis for not only being the best defensive player, one of the best defensive players of his generation, but also going to get that money when he could. Like Clark said, Aaron Donald, you are the best, in my opinion, the best defensive player in the NFL right now. Go get your money. The Rams aren't going to pay you. Don't play for the Rams. Go sit out, make your money. Also, uh, you stars in the NFL, don't let the union decide where your money is going to come from because as much as we can talk about all of this stuff and how unfair it is for the players, uh, Andrew Brandt says this a lot, and I'm just going to steal it from him, is that the NFL players are at the kiddie table. Uh, If you guys negotiated better and took advantage of being the most popular sport in America – which makes more money than any other sport, hands down. The World Series got ratings that was like a mediocre Thursday night football game, guys. And you're allowing yourselves to get paid nothing Look what compared happened to, to other pro athletes. NBA put together a good you know, CBA, and, and now the whole league is being run by the player. Well, I mean, there's obviously – you know. Uh, Compromise no, you're right. There. No, you're but, right. But yeah, the players have much more say in the NBA now. You're, they're able to do what they want much more than they are in the NFL. So all these old middling vets screwed over the rookies, and they gave all of these great stars no options. So you've made your bed. It's all your fault. And if you don't like it, hey, how about next time, do a better job. Hey, if you don't like it, come on to the podcast. And as a fan, I hate this too. Because now we're, t- we're we're talking about guys that might not play. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell right. going to go to some ho- awful team because he's right. got to chase the money because he's only got two or three years left. Like, it's not what we want to see. It's yeah, great. Um, Aaron Donald, Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham Jr. You guys all have extensions coming up. I know you're listening to this. Get paid, but get paid. I I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is on. My team, I don't want him to give us a hometown discount. Whatever you're thinking that you can get paid, I would pay you more. That's that's just the way it is. We can chip in at least $3 into any player's contract to really boost that salary. So you're welcome. From the, the, A gift from the RB1 podcast uh, to you, Aaron Donald. We will give Literally you Literally tens of dollars. <laughs> Literally <laughs> just like our tens of listeners. Um. Uh, Final thing in the news, this is just for Clark, because Clark already alluded to it earlier about how much he hates talking about the Jaguars and how much he uh, is never wrong with them. Uh, Malik Jackson stirred up the news today or earlier this week, who the hell knows, claiming that the Jaguars are going to go 16-0. and Wow, that's a fun thought. So we're going to do this, you guys. We're actually going to go through the Jaguars schedule and we'll see if they can indeed go 16 and 0. And so instead of just us being like, no, they're going to lose this game. And then scenario is over. Majority, if the majority of us think that the Jaguars could win this game, it's a win. And then we progress on that way. If Clark just says no to every single game, the Jaguars still could go 16 and 0. As long as Jordan and I think that they could win that game. I'll try and play fair. Okay, sounds good. So we'll start off week one at New York playing the Giants. I would consider that a win. We'll I guess. That. No. All right, I, that's a win. I'm going to say yes because it's week one and the Giants might be still trying to figure out their offense. So yep. one and zero for the Jags versus the Patriots. I'm going to say no on that one. That's a revenge game in Jacksonville. It's in Jacksonville. So I'm going to go. Yeah, I think they can win that. I think they can win it too. And I'm not just doing this just because I want to see Clark's head explode when we ultimately get the Jaguars to 16 and 0. Um, but the Patriots are widely regarded for not giving a shit about the first half of the season. I could easily see them going into Jacksonville. Jacksonville taking this game so much more important than the Patriots do and, uh, and you know, winning it. So week three uh, versus the Titans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think they can take that one. <laughs> Still a win. This is literally the reason I put this majority rule in just to counteract Clark. Uh, week four versus the Jets. I think the Jets are going to be much improved this year. They're going to have uh, Isaiah Crowell back there running the ball for them. They're going to have a surprise at QB. It'll be oh, yeah. the first time we see uh, not Hackenberg, who's the uh, other guy whose career Sam Darnold. Ruined. Sam Darnold. They're going to throw him out there, and he's going to 
he's going to surprise them. They're going to get this W. So cool. no. Jordan. The, the Jets are one of the best run franchises in the NFL. <laughs> they have great ownership, great leadership in that front office. But I will default to the Jaguars because it is another home game for the Jags. So I'll, I'll lean towards their defense playing well at home. Jaguars. Sorry, Jets. Show me something. Uh, at Chiefs, in which the Jaguars, Clark's most hated franchise, goes up against Clark's favorite player in the entire world, Sammy Watkins. So I think the Chiefs just have too much on offense for the Jaguars to shut them down. Uh, we've seen a lot of good things out of the Chiefs' defense in the past, so I'm going to have to give this one to the Chiefs and, and say no. This is a Week 7 game? Oh, wait, no. Uh, one, week two, five. Three, four, five. I don't know oh. when they're biased, so I'm it's I'm just counting down. So presumably they're biased week 17 in the way that I'm constructed this list. But go. Never mind that. I was going to say usually this is the time that the – if it's like week seven or eight, that's usually when the Chiefs decide to shut it down and start sliding a little bit. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Pat Mahomes can do yet. This is so. at Arrowhead. I'm, I'm saying it's a win for the Chiefs. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Jags just because I don't know what Pat Mahomes can do just yet in that defense. I don't know what the Chiefs schedule looks like, but that could be the best defense that Pat Mahomes has it's ever fair. faced. That's fair. Uh, so that it would dispel Malik Jackson's uh, thought that the Jaguars could go 16 and 0, but currently they are one, two, three, four, four and one. Uh, then they go to Dallas to Jerry's house to beat up on the Cowboys. I call that a win. Yeah, I think that's a win. Dub. I think the Dallas Cowboys match up really good against the Jags, so I'm gonna I'm have just, to give up some to the boys. I'm literally going to do this until Clark picks the Jaguars to win one of these games. Texans traveling to Jacksonville. <laughs> Clark the Texans. Uh, Texans have one of the easiest schedules in the league this year. I'm really excited about what we're gonna see from Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I'm gonna have to give this one to the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Texans. I'm gonna go Texans too. I think Houston's going to be the better team this season. Uh, at home versus the Eagles. Uh, that's an Eagles win. Wentz is back, you know. Yeah. Riding high in Philly. You know, the Jaguars are going to lose again. Yeah. I'm going to go Jags. Ooh. Clark. I don't think Philly's going to be as hot. good this year. I think I, they're going to be good, but not as good as I last think that's, year. I think that's possibly true. And Philly was – well, Philly actually was very dominant. People forget how good Philly was when Carson Wentz was healthy. Uh at the Colts, that's a win. Even if Andrew Luck is playing, Jaguars are beating the Colts. I mean, I think we forget sometimes how good Andrew Luck was. <laughs> uh, I think we're all going to be shocked by young Naheem Hines. Uh, and, you know, the Colts don't have a defense. Uh, but fortunately, the Jaguars don't have an offense. So I think the Colts eke this one out. Okay. Uh, then they play the Steelers, which they have beaten all last year, they were undefeated against the Steelers. They continue the trend. They beat the Steelers. I think they can beat the Steelers. I mean, Antonio Brown literally scorched them, but they still found a way to win. So, I feel like Pittsburgh's due for one of those magical seasons, uh, and you can't have a magical season <laughs> like that without beating uh, a tough defense. So I'm going to have to go ahead and give this one to the Steelers. Okay. Uh <laughs> Oh, this is my favorite one because the rest of this rest of this, we just get into uh, replaying the AFC South bunch. But this is going to be Clark's greatest spin uh, at Buffalo to play the Bills. Clark, how could the Jaguars possibly lose this game? Because we know inevitably at this point, uh, Josh Allen is going to be the starting quarterback for Buffalo. Yeah, you know, even I think they're rolling into this game, what, 0-7, 0-8. I think they might look past the Bills, and I think this might be where we see a surprise performance from the uh, boys in blue. Yeah, we see LaShawn McCoy kind of dominate this one. Uh, I'm going to have to give this one to the Bills. Fair, 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 fair. Josh Allen is score- is throwing no less than four picks in that game. <laughs> <laughs> then they're going to put in Nathan Peterman, who will throw another five picks, just to solidify his career as the greatest interception thrower of all time. Breaking um, records this season. Breaking <laughs> records. Clark, do you foresee a win for the Jaguars at all? Their final, what, five games are Colts, Titans, Washington, uh, Dolphins, and then Texans. I feel like the Jaguars narrowly miss tying the Lions by beating the Texans as the Texans rest most of their guys uh, as the number one seed in the AFC this year. Good. There you go. So, so Malik Jackson thinks the Jaguars are going 16-0. 
Clark Barnes thinks that the Jaguars are going one and fifteen. You can take your pick as to what you see is. I mean, the, we're we're like right next to each other. I don't like to split hairs. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to like uh, t- have to pick one side, but you know. So that Steelers game is in prime time. I'm not sure if that's a Sunday Ooh. or Monday night game, but. Even if they're undefeated to that point, their last six games, four of them are on the road. So it, regardless of opponent, I think that's just a, a rough break. And Malik Jackson is just drinking that Jacksonville Kool-Aid down there or something. Wait, if the if the Steelers are undefeated, then they play four? No, yeah, the, the Jaguars are undefeated going into, into Pittsburgh. Or going, Pittsburgh's coming to them. Yeah, if, if even if they beat the Steelers and are undefeated to that point, their last six games, four right, of them right. are on four the road. Four of those are on the road. So yes. That's a tough, like, hang in there. It's also right. tough for, do we really want to go for this undefeated season if we're already locking up a playoff spot? That's it's true. It's true. But they won't be because the Texans are winning the AFC South and the Jaguars are going 1-15. And apparently they already lose in week one. And apparently <laughs> they already lose in week one. So the whole 16-0 thing is just kind of shot dead from the from the word go. Um, so there you go. There's your NFL news. Um, and to wrap things up, to take us home, Clark, this is our bid to get Amazon to sponsor us. Clark's new segment, What Did You Buy for Prime Day? Question mark. Yeah, so... Uh... We invent a lot of holidays here in the United States, and one of my favorite new Go Spend Your Money holidays is Amazon Prime Day. I heard everyone complaining about it around the office, and then I asked, so what'd you get? And everyone had an answer. Uh, So I'll lead us off, boys. What'd you get uh, for Amazon Prime Day? I got a new microphone for the podcast, so I'll no longer use my headset from work or my earbuds so business expense oh yeah this is getting deducted for sure Um, and and i got a a new pair of new balances because i'm old and new balances are awesome nice very nice ultimate dad flex right there are they velcro or are they laced uh they're laced but it is the same pair that i have now and it's just a new pair hey nothing wrong with that i have picked the shoes i like and I am sticking with it. There's nothing wrong. And God bless New New Balance for being able to, to not change their shoes. That you can still order the same shoe over and over years from now. Because it's one of the things that I get really annoyed with with cleats. Is that a variety of cleat will get changed every year. Because Nike's like, we're going to add something new to these cleats. And then you're like, well, I just want the cleats that fit my foot really nicely and cradled it. Well, when you're a style over substance company like Nike, it's true. That's how you got to stay in business. It's true. But when you're a substance over style company like New Balance, right? New Balance, if you want to come sponsor us, because we clearly understand your uh, your clientele. Oh, Bullet Pete is just killing it tonight. Uh, I think the only thing that we bought Prime Day was a steamer. And my wife bought that just because she claimed that my suits were too wrinkly. So steamers are clutch for those Dark. suits. Oh, and and a mini ironing board. We actually came upon this on our honeymoon, and it was an amazing thing. It is one of the places we stayed at. It was an Airbnb, and she had a mini ironing board that you could just like prop up on the table. Because uh, normally when we would iron ahead of before then, we would like lay out a towel on our table and iron on top of that towel. But a mini ironing board. Makes a big difference for a small apartment. Would highly recommend. Uh, as a big ironer type person, I, I, having your personal ironing board cannot be understated. It really I mean, can't. we've all been there. We've ironed things on any surface we can get our hands on, a table, a couch, a bed. But having an ironing board is just, it's clutch. Jordan just cementing his, his title <laughs> of Mr. Class right here, right now. That is the hill I am willing to die on. <laughs> And Jordan, Jordan did yeah. you escape unscathed from this made-up national... Did you not give any money to Amazon, our new sponsor? You know what? I did not purchase anything on Prime Day. I I look at some movies because I usually I primarily use my Prime account just to watch and stream, basically. Primarily. <laughs> oh, there you go. I didn't even realize I did that. Um, but yeah, nothing really tickled my fancy so i was like yeah i'll i'll hold out they have deals literally every day so cool but because it's prime day 
people are super excited and think that's the one time, like it's Black Friday, that you can yeah. get a deal. But really... These small businesses aren't going to put themselves out of work. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do it for them. And that was, what did you buy on Prime Day? Question mark. Brought to you by our new sponsors, Amazon. I wonder, I wonder if we can get we probably can get in legal trouble for calling them our new sponsors despite the fact that they don't sponsor us let's risk it let's risk it <laughs> let's we'd at least get in the news we'd at yeah. least get in contact with amazon amazon would just be like hey guys could you stop using our name we'll be like oh my god amazon contacted us because we actually are listened to by people who care and we will abide by oh. any cease and desist order that comes our way i assure you Amazon, you want to tell us to stop using your name? We will literally stop using your name. We promise. We will never say the word Amazon ever again. When we talk about Amazonian women, we'll describe them differently somehow. We will never use it in any phrase. When we talk about the Amazon jungle, we'll just say that place in Brazil. With the so, river. With the river. Everyone will know what we're talking about. Yep. Um, so there you go. What a podcast. Um, I feel like we really got acquainted with Tequila Jordan and Bullet Pete. Um, Hams, Hams Clark. Always nice to see you again. <laughs> Never stop showing up. Uh, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Come on, you guys. We know you listen. We know you enjoy these podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. It goes a long way. It helps us get in front of more people um, and say some nice things. Maybe if we get a kind of surp, uh, a rush of reviews, maybe we'll read some on the podcast. So you can write some funny stuff and maybe we'll read them back to the tens of people who listen. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark and Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And we will be back at you next week. OMG, we're approaching football season. We'll finally be talking about some fantasy pretty soon. And until then, uh, please. Bye, Jeff Bezos.